0: Hey guys, Jason here, and this is normally where you'd hear Troy make some kind of a joke about his dick. And don't worry, we got plenty of that coming up in the episode. But before we get started, I just wanted to let you guys know you might notice the audio quality here not up to snuff from where we usually like it. I had a couple of difficulties, but wanted to make sure we got you a full episode out this week. So please bear with us as we work to try to uh, resolve this kind of stuff from happening in the future. Thanks and enjoy the episode.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we are live! Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is...
0: Jason is here. Dude, I I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. And
1: Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see something, all right? Uh, Look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick. You work my arm, I work your arm. Same time.
0: Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, I'm not. It's enough.
1: And it's time for... The Rundown. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast Unintentionally Offensive Podcast. This week, we are back to the OG motherfuckers because I'm here, Jason's here, and we got shit to talk about. Jason,
0: how w- you the, doing? Wouldn't the OG motherfuckers be like Adam and Sean and fucking Josh? And-
1: nope. Nope.
0: Just erase that history right out of the show.
1: Correct. Okay. (laughs) That's correct, sir. That's all we do, man. That's all we got to do, man. On to the next. Speaking of which, uh, I want to
0: send our best wishes to Jeff, who's uh, a little under the weather, so hopefully he'll be feeling better and back next week. Um, But I also want to send condolences to myself, because unlike last week, I actually watched uh, WWE this week. So uh so it's the, the the suffering that I go through for you, the loyal listeners of the rundown wrestling podcast. Do you want to uh, do you want to read the uh, email we got from a fan by the way Troy? Oh, we do tell people we'll read their emails if they email us, so that's true. It seems only appropriate
1: that we should do that. Probably should have kept that, huh
0: Yeah, that would have been All hard. right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: do you need a minute do you want to vamp from you vamp for a minute? Uh, I'll, I'll be there and say okay. So we got an email from Jeffrey. Not uh, not, 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 not the not, host Jeff. Not not the host Jeff, but Jeff from Jer- uh, from where is he from? Massachusetts. Jersey? Massachusetts. Whatever. Uh, Jeff, sorry, buddy. I'm I have lack of sleep and nobody gets... yeah. Jeff from Massachusetts. Um, evening, guys. Just was wondering if you were going to touch upon the crowd reaction that Elias and Kevin Owens got in Seattle. Yes, we are. Holy shit, that was incredible. The booze did not stop. Have not seen that in a long time. Thanks, Jeffrey from Massachusetts. Keep up the good work. Love the show. Thanks, Jeff. We love you, too. Uh, keep those emails coming. We, of course, love anytime somebody's coming. Or email. All over our faces. Or email. Whatever. Um, it says I got a missed call from you, but you hung up on me, so I don't know how, what that's about.
0: Yeah, I just said fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Speaking, so of, I speaking believe- of coming, it looks like you cleaned up your office nicely after that Brewers win the other day.
1: Yes, I did. Um, uh, that's the way, reason why my walls are blue because cum shows up very well on it, so I know exactly where to clean. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's what you got to do, man.
0: Um, I, it took me. I hope you never get killed in your office because the motherfucker, poor motherfucker, has to take a blacklight to that area. Jesus Christ! Uh,
1: there's a lot of there's a lot of work that goes on in my office. Um <laughs> hard work. You know, hard hard work. Um Yeah.
0: Of course it's all <sighs> it's all solar work, but yeah.
1: well, yeah. I mean, there's not enough room to do anything fun in here and there's a desk in the way and it's just it would be awkward to try to do anything in here. <laughs> so, that's, you know. I re- I reserve this just for, you know, twerking it to furry pictures and gene smart, gene smart erotica <laughs> uh, <laughs> callback uh, so in case you didn't realize it um we don't want to talk about wrestling because because <laughs> this was this was not a great week but i guess
0: there were there were a few things that stood out a little bit um but not a lot It was there was there was, there was well, yeah, yeah, a lot of it was, yeah, it was bad. Yeah,
1: well, if I would have to, if I have to rate this week out of a hundred, I would give it the perfect ten, a ten, a ten, a fucking ten. We start the perfect ten off by talking about a match that happened on Raw between Ruby Riot and Ronda Rousey. Now. As it appeared as if Rhonda and and Ruby were going to be heading towards a match together at some point in time, we instead decided to put it on one of the lowest rated Raws in twenty years. But thankfully, we didn't they didn't know it was going to be that low, that poorly rated. That's true. That's true. Um, obviously, you know Ruby had had her two associates with her at ringside, one of which um, probably still not quite sure what city she's in, but she was there. Um, obviously, it didn't take any bumps, but that's to be expected. Um, well, she has cleared was... the
0: concussion protocol and will be wrestling in Australia. So,
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, this was finally somebody who has um, a decade's worth of in-ring work uh, under them. And Ruby Riot put on one of the best Ronda Rousey matches we've seen so far. Yeah. Um, at least from a technical standpoint on things. A uh, very smooth match. A very, uh, very good-looking match. Yeah, very physical as well. Um, Ruby is a worker. Obviously, she doesn't quite get her due that she should, um, but she is a fantastic in-ring worker and is able to do matches like this where she's able to make people look very strong because she is a, a ring veteran. Yeah. Um, this is what happens when you put her in the ring instead of, like, you know, Nia Jax or i love you but alexa bliss against ronda rousey stephanie you're not going McMahon. to get stephanie mcmahon perfect example as well uh, where you had to do a lot more storytelling with that one to hide the fact that stephanie can't wrestle whereas this one you didn't have to rely on anything other than these two people who had really good chemistry with each other and i hope that this feud continues obviously we know at least this this coming weekend it's going to continue um but uh yeah so but
0: it's it's ultimately just a setup for the the nikki bella turn I, i'm i assuming
1: so yes this that that very much is the case yeah ronda um had the bella twats in her her corner we know that eventually this is going to lead to ronda versus not, um, nikki bella for the title um at uh, wb doesn't like women but uh in the meantime no, we get to see wwe
0: no look we really do like women
1: yeah so much so that uh, you know we we had a fake charity give you know props to a black lady on our show so we really really care about women uh, but anyways yeah so um the the match up i thought was really really good um i want to obviously i've been a, a, a right family member lover for quite a while and and want to see more of them and sadly they got kind of marginalized again because they are just kind of a step stopgap towards other things but I mean, they they run a show, they got their time, and and, um, Ruby was able to elevate her star a little bit by having a great match with Rondo.
0: Yeah, and every time they put Ruby in one of these high-profile spots, I feel like she over-delivers expectations. I remember the match uh, when they were in full blur and split mode with Charlotte at one of their pay-per-views where I thought she really sort of set herself apart. And I think tonight she really did as well, especially given that you're dealing with, in Rousey, someone who's not the seasoned performer, or well-trained, long-time trained performer that Charlotte is, at least. Um, so, yeah, this this to me really stood out. The physicality was, was there. It was real. Um, Ruby showed physically that she could hang with Ronda. She didn't seem overmatched. She didn't seem intimidated. Uh, she didn't seem to go easy on it, uh, didn't hold back. And it wasn't like they were very simple. It was, it was a simple, you know, Um, elementary style match these girls really went for it and i I really enjoyed this match actually
1: yeah it was great to see um and like i said i hope that we get to see more um sadly we know that uh nikki bella shit fest is coming pretty soon um thankfully it's nikki bella not brie bella because otherwise we'd be without a raw women's champion for a while yeah Uh, so (laughs) but you know it is what it is um but yeah, uh, moving right along from that. It, it, uh, c- can I do number two please?
0: Because I owe everybody that listens to this show a, a sound apology because a couple weeks ago I suggested that putting the belts on Ziggler and uh McIntyre would hopefully lead to the revival doing a face turn and, and capturing those titles. And last week, and I went back and watched the show after we recorded because I'm fucking masochist, I guess. Um, they had a phenomenal match, phenomenal match with McIntyre and and Ziggler, uh, which by all accounts Vince was incredibly impressed with. And, and you you then say to yourself, well, there it is. Now the push starts. Now we build the program. Now we get to revival versus the Dogs of War for the tag titles and. The revival with that big moment. And uh, actually, uh, no, because fuck the revival. So this week they lose clean to the B team. That You know, that, that team that held the belts that hasn't been on TV in like a month since they lost the belts that was a joke comedy act. That that team, that's that's who they want as they lost to. It.
1: it was... It was yet again another week of watching um, really talented people lose to comedy acts. Because we're going to get to that in a little bit here, too, over on the SmackDown side of things. Um, But yeah, um, hashtag FuckTheRevival continues to be in full effect. Because as you said, we've continued to book The Revival in these, these matches where they're able to shine. And they shine. And the crowd is behind them. And then we immediately shoot them right in the fucking ball sack by having them completely be derailed by losing to a bitch-ass team and again with the lucky fucking wins that the b-team get it's it look you tried it it worked for a little bit it didn't really get over after a little bit you you moved past it why are you trying to go back to that well it's not fucking entertaining anymore it's not entertaining to watch these two fucking idiots, these two guys that by all all accounts should be in, in, in not be more serious than the fucking comedy acts that they become, but that's what that's a lot that they've drawn now. And here they are beating the revival, who came very close to taking the titles off of, of uh, McIntyre and Ziggler, you know, just a week ago. Um, and it's honestly to the point again where you just you just sit there and you, and you get frustrated with it, where you're just like, what What do these guys have to do? You 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 say, you know, go out and and grab that brass ring, but then once they do, you're like, oh no no sorry sorry, that was that was the the uh, light tan ring that wasn't that wasn't the ring that you were supposed. This one up here, this is the brass. You're supposed to go after this one instead. Like, how many? What do these guys have to do at this point to be taken seriously by by the people booking this shit?
0: Yeah, and, and uh, go watch couple was it two years ago the takeover at wrestlemania match between the revival and american alpha and consider the fact that neither one of these teams have had a successful run uh, given what they can do it's it's fucking criminal it's just the the way they book tag teams because vince doesn't like tag team wrestling and that's really, and Pritchard himself has said on his podcast many times, that's the reason tag teams are sort of a joke and the divisions are booked as a joke and sometimes just almost abolished as uh, so Vince doesn't mm-hmm. like tag team wrestling. So fuck what your fans like. Fuck the product you're marketing. Don't try to make it serious. Just fucking do this and make a mockery of these belts so that they don't have any credibility anyway.
1: Right, and this is why I, I want people to take a step back and stop requesting women's tag team championship belts. Because you're not gonna get what you want. You might get those title belts, but you are not gonna get the champions that you want for it, and it's going to be an afterthought. Because if they can't, if they can't be bothered to use the tremendous tag team talent that they have, what makes you think that they're going to be able to use, use the women that they have to any fucking extent in a tag team division over there? You know, your 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 first champion is probably going to be Carmella and our truth, if we're honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's there there's, you need to remember who who you're asking the you know uh, this this shit of. If if you went to to ROH and you're like, can we get women's tag team belts? They'd be like, yes, we'll do women's well, tag team belts, I- and they're going and they're going to be decent.
0: Okay, so- the only thing i will take away from that is that the women of honor division since launching it has been very underwhelming in my opinion uh yeah. starting with their choice for the initial champion i'm not a fan of Sumi Siaki. i just don't get it yeah. i don't get Kyrie saying either so i got asuka no. it's not an asian thing i just i don't yeah. get these particular girls like asuka was booked well asuka was booked like a killer uh sumi is booked like somebody who's essentially lucky to have a title and kairi sane is booked like a cosplaying pirate and
1: I, yeah I, I don't well and and the the thing that we always that that impact was always able to hang their head on was was their knockouts division but then they took one of the one of the better women's wrestlers uh in, in the world Oldest right guy? now and made nope and made her a character that couldn't wrestle so and she was she was their, their knockout champion for a while. So. But they do have Scarlet Bordeaux
0: showing quite a bit of underboob. So,
1: and that's that is uh, just proving my point. <laughs> you get <it> <laughs> Because uh, I love underboob. I I don't love underboob in my legit women's wrestling figures. Do you, Do
0: you consider so. Scarlet Bordeaux a legit women's wrestling figure though?
1: No, but she's the focal point right now on Impact. No, no, I would say
0: that... uh, What's her name? Um, God, why am I blanking on her name?
1: Uh, Tessa Blanchard is the focal point on that show right now for the women's division. (laughs) For now, until she comes over to WWE. And Sue
0: Young was for a while, and
1: (laughs) Rosemary, and... Hmm. But yeah, again, like I said... And this
0: week, uh, last week um, on Impact, uh, Scarlett Bordeaux announced she's going to be a manager now, so she's looking for someone to manage. So, you know...
1: Well, I know I know a strip club that's hiring. So, <laughs> and uh, speaking up. of people, yeah, speaking of people who should be looking for a job, uh, <laughs> McIntyre and Rollins showed why Ziegler should be fired, and the Shield took the first two hours of Raw hostage. <laughs> so, <laughs> this again was a show built mainly around the Shield
0: and, and, and Corbin.
1: And Baron Corbin who continues to weasel his way in there but I understand Corbin being in there I do um, I don't I don't understand why Dolph Ziggler is still continuing to you know be there but yeah so essentially we had more of the Ambrose is going to turn on everybody he actually got to talk this time with um, random hot chick I don't know which one is which anymore um, over on Raw and uh, got to well, say his I'm piece i really,
0: really acquainted with Kathy Kelly these days though I'll tell you that much
1: yeah, who's who's the other one though? Because that's Dasha? the one that she had was talking. Is it Dasha? I thought that was I thought it was I thought that was another one. I don't know. It was one of the um, the generic brunettes that they have holding a microphone in front of people. Could Charlie's have been.
0: good. I like Charlie. Charlie Charlie approaches it almost like a sideline reporter in the NFL. She's I,
1: again though. No, I can't tell the difference between any of them. So See, I
0: can I can tell Charlie. Charlie is different.
1: Okay. Well, apparently you couldn't because you can't tell me who Ambrose was talking to at the beginning of, of Raw. So.
0: Well, that would have required me paying a lot of attention to an interview in the
1: yep. ring. All right. Anyway, so yeah, so Ambrose, you know, was, was running down that, you know, he, yeah, he, he has a reason to be pissed and everything on like that. Uh, so uh, Baron Corbin came down and gave him a choice. He could either go for the IC belt, go for the Universal Championship, or do a random match against Braun Strowman. Uh, Ambrose, being Ambrose, decided he would instead choose to go against Baron Corbin, uh, which apparently wasn't one of the, the things that he was chosen that he could choose to do. So instead, he faced off against well, Baron And, and
0: almost instantly, Corbin's like, nah, fuck that thing about giving you a choice. Here, I'm going to decide for you.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that whole plan but of making to choose one of his brothers, he didn't even let his plan play out right exactly um but what did happen of course is that that uh, um, his fisting buddies did come out cost him the match um because they uh roman reigns hit brown Strowman, because dq um then they they he, proceeded to he have was
0: getting his ass kicked pretty thoroughly though
1: like i don't know that they, well, they yeah also, when you
0: say cost him the match you make it sound like he was on the verge of winning no they cut they basically saved him from getting pinned
1: but this is but this is dean ambrose and that's kind of his gimmick is that out of he could out of nowhere win a match by being by doing something stupid anyways moving right along um so then we had seth rollins face off against uh drew yes. McIntyre.
0: yes in what and, was an outstanding match yeah and that that's that's my point yep. like this should have been the feud straight along we wasted a ton of time on this rollins and Ziggler thing I could sit and watch McIntyre and Rollins work together, 17 pay-per-views in a row. These guys have incredible chemistry in there. They're both top-notch workers in the ring. They just—they play their characters beautifully. Everything about this was outstanding, except the finish. Right, and
1: yeah, and and this is exactly what I said when Dolph Ziggler got the IC championship in the first place. Was it should have been Drew McIntyre because that's the guy that you should be p- be putting a title on. That's the guy that she should be building up instead of making him play second fiddle. Of course, Ziggler got his match against Roman Reigns, and it was exactly what you'd expect from a Roman Reigns-Dolph-Ziggler match. But all of these matches had one thing in common, it was that these guys kept fucking with each other and causing DQ finishes or causing interference. So, But the big takeaway, of course, was that Ambrose was pissed off um, at his Shield buddies, um, so much so that he kind of threatened Rollins and said, I could be IC champion right now if I wanted to. Um, But yeah, so... I think so, I think so. But it was it was much of the same stuff where it was like, well, clearly nothing's happening tonight because we've got the Super, super Show. Um, there is potential for something to happen at Super Show, but I don't see it. Um, and, of course, you know, continuing to book the way that they have been booking things, who knows what happens, um, if, if anything happens before Crown Jewel rolls around. Um, but, yeah, so what's you know do we have anything more to say about the the, but this was kind of more of the same that we got from last week
0: my question and do do we buy into this notion that ambrose is ultimately going to be the one to turn because it seems that they're just beating us over the head so obviously with this that it's got to be something else right
1: no it doesn't have to be something else because it's wwe i mean this is this is the same company that's, like, they they kept teasing that, you know, uh, that Aiden English was going to turn, and then guess what he thought? Aiden English turned. I mean, it's, it's nothing new. The, the thing is,
0: is that... But not when you expected it, him to.
1: Well, and
0: apparently he turned out the, the, Lana, so, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, no, because... It's not on here, but clearly she's she's saying to him, I want you to get out of my face or anything like that, and he just cut it early. That's the way they're going to go with this. It's not going to be that she's a cheating whore, although we do know for a fact she is a cheating whore character-wise.
0: Didn't she try to fuck Endless uh, no.
1: Chicken? No. She tried to fuck Endless Chicken. Um, she definitely fucked The Rock.
0: Right, yeah.
1: Uh, but but can you blame true. him? Sure. Anyways, uh, us uh, trying to get... Right. Um, if, if he was behind me right now, I would already have my pants down. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so if it was if if it was anyone other than Roman Reigns as the other other option on this, I would say there's a possibility that they go for the sword. But it's Roman. I don't see them turning Roman heel. I'm sorry, I don't.
0: Yeah, I, I, you can't turn Seth so, again. So it's got to be if they're no. if they're doing the turn, it's got to be the Dean or Roman. It just seems like if you're going to do the Dean turn, let's let's be a little bit subtle about it right and they
1: and they have not
0: that was what made Um, the 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 rollins turn so great when it happened was because we were all conditioned at that point to believe it was going to be ambrose that was going to be the one that would turn and break away and then when they went with the rollins turn out of nowhere the night after they had just teamed up to beat fucking evolution it stood out it was like holy shit that was awesome because you didn't see it coming um right and this they're just like beating us over the head with it so when it happens nobody's gonna give a shit
1: Right, the only the only thing that they can do right now, in, in this six person feud, to surprise me, is if it's Drew that turns.
0: And they have they because, have that a little bit too.
1: Yeah, but they've done it more subtly. And but do you really want a, uh, a long term program with Drew and Ziggler? Or? I want a long term program with Drew and Braun. I
0: don't think you're gonna get that though.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, I'm, I'm a WWE fan. I'm not gonna get anything I want. So, um, but yeah, I mean it's. It's clear that they're they're most likely going to go with Dean if they go with anybody.
0: You have the return of the Bella Twins. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah. All right. <sighs>
0: and so, and if, fabulous truth.
1: I I don't like that you're going to make me talk about that. <laughs> um, so at, at this point, um, if we actually did have somebody that um, that edited our show for us. Other than you, you. Um, right now, right now, that person will be playing old-timey music because we're going to talk about the Undertaker and Kane, and the two balding members of DX being in a main event in 2018. I think they're
0: balding. I think they're flat-out bald at this point.
1: They're flat-out bald. They're flat-out bald. So Shawn Michaels came uh, came to the ring uh, fully bald. So I guess he not only you were going to say something.
0: Still rocking the hat Mm. to cover it up, though.
1: Yeah, still rocking the hat until he got, you know, chokeslammed. But, yeah, so he came out, kind of called out Kane and everything in that. Kane uh, magically teleported behind him, um, which then, of course... Actually, I believe
0: he has a direct, like, um, one of those Hyperloop things that Elon Musk is building. He has one that goes right from Knox County to wherever the WWE Mm -hmm. ring
1: is positioned. Yeah so he has a TARDIS and um, <laughs> listen 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 and then, I'm,
0: I'm not a yeah. big fan of the guy either but that's not politically correct thing to call him let's go let's, <laughs> let's let's be real
1: alright sorry uh, the big red retard appeared um, and started beating the hell out of Shawn Michaels uh, but wait there's more because the Undertaker then appeared and they both started beating the hell out of Shawn Michaels which prompted Triple H to come out and all, all four old which dudes apparently prompted uh, people around
0: the country to change the fucking channel
1: yes because the average age in the ring at that point was 53 and the total age was like 214 so that's why people didn't fucking care anymore because first of all Shawn Michaels hasn't been relevant uh, since he uh, he'd lost his smile Triple H is that weird Triple H character where on TV he's a bad guy but in person you're like we love you give me your dick he's not a bad guy right um, now he's a good guy that's debatable but he's okay
0: was Shawn michaels Shawn michaels is the ultimate face
1: so no, no he's bald now
0: undertaker's um, healing in this program he's the one starting all the shit
1: oh no. um and then you've got kane who nobody has cared about ever um and the undertaker who is the undertaker who people still seem to think is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time when he's just one of the great, the one of the best and long, longest reigning gimmicks of all time. So nobody gives a shit about this match. Nobody gives a shit about Triple H versus The Undertaker in 2018. Nobody's going to give a shit about the Brothers of Destruction versus uh, Dad Generation X that we're going to be getting at Crown Jewel, except for Saudi Arabian people because they haven't watched wrestling in 20 years. So, Speaking of which, for apparently,
0: them, there's a good chance that that's where Hulk Hogan's going to make his return because if there's any country where you can be a racist, homophobic, sexist and make big money, it's Saudi Arabia.
1: That's true. That's true. Uh, He will fit right in there, um, except for the fact that most Saudi people are brown. So, uh, thankfully, I feel like he's probably not going to bring his daughter because there would be... There would be a lot of brown people inside of her at that point, so that's something he definitely does not well,
0: want. Well, and to be fair, uh, as far as we know, she has a vagina, so they'd probably kill her anyway.
1: I don't know, man. I still, I still think that she's got a, got some fucking meat between those it's legs possible.
0: there, or just giant yeah. a giant clit.
1: I just, I it's think like a clit so um, big it almost looks
0: like a cock, like like a like tiny cock. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Or she just has Hulk Hogan's face right there instead of a clit. It's just his fucking face.
0: You think she has her bush shaved into the walrus mustache shape?
1: Yes. (laughs) Yep. Yes, I do. And her vagina is just a gaping open mouth that's yelling the (laughs) N-word. Anyways. (laughs) We did tell you it was an
0: intentionally offensive wrestling podcast. That's
1: right. Yeah. I'm, I'm on lack of sleep as well. All right, so um, there was there was one thing that happened on Raw that uh, we we don't want to to pass over without, without mentioning, and that was um, something that I've been kind of burying on the perfect ten because it's such a, a, a lackluster use of these two guys. But Kevin Owens and Elias um, got some mic time again, and uh, Elias made a a remark to the Seattle fans. Um, regarding the fact that they didn't deserve to have a basketball team, uh, which I know that not everybody here are are sports fans like uh, like two thirds of, of our hosts are, but at one point in time, Wait, Seattle had a team.
0: You, I, yeah. and Jeff are all sports fans. So is Sal. Adam's really the only one who's not.
1: Oh, okay. Well, four fifths.
0: Just want to be factual correct. That's all.
1: All right, sorry. Well, four fifths of our show hosts. Um, yeah, so at one point in time, Seattle had a basketball team called the Seattle SuperSonics. Um, they proceeded to get Kevin Durant uh, as their their top draft pick, uh, then the next year went to Oklahoma City, where they don't actually allow basketball to be played. So uh, there has not been a team in Seattle since then, and uh, yeah, a lot of apparently Seattle is still very very butthurt about the fact that they don't have a basketball team anymore
0: and hats off to Rene um, for the deadlift shrimp reference too that was great
1: yeah yeah which by the way he has come out and said that he will lead a, uh, a, a the former members of the Seattle SuperSonics in a feud against Kevin yeah. Owens so um, but yeah so they got they got just fucking nuclear heat and um, I, I I
0: very rarely I like Roman Reigns the night after he beat The Undertaker is like the closest comparison I can draw to this this type of reaction from a crowd. And that was, it and was that was on purpose. This was sort of a throwaway line and accidental. And here's the problem, like when the most heat you can generate is making fun of a team's sports team, that's not good writing. Like, they should be getting heat this kind of heat for the characters, for their storylines. Instead they're getting it for a throwaway line about a fucking basketball team. And that tells you all you need to know about this writing staff and how they booked the show.
1: Right. And just a reminder, it's been ten years since the Supersonics Still left. Upset. Ten years Dude. and those fans those fans... like the, the whole make fun of local sports team thing Dude, is, has been heel 101 work for the longest time.
0: Baltimore fans will still get pissed off when they yeah. play the Colts.
1: That's true, yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure the guy that stole the Colts from is dead now. Yes, yeah. so. and, and
0: Baltimore's <laughs> won a championship since then, so.
1: Right, exactly. And they, they didn't do it with uh, Captain Rubberneck, Peyton Manning, so. <laughs> uh, anyways, so yeah that's enough sports ball for for this week
0: (laughs) but anyway Um, so yeah so the the biggest problem with this is that kevin owens as he said in the broadcast but is legit not really a sports fan so what happened is you've got this nuclear heat you've got this crowd going ape shit and he didn't really have the references to continue the the role he just had to move on to something totally non-sequitur to what the crowd was responding to and it just sort of made the whole thing seem awkward after that
1: yeah it's one of the few times that owens has actually kind of been taken aback by the crowd reaction he seemed he seemed generally not quite sure what how to react and and what was going on so um yeah but again this is a guy from canada learned to speak english by watching wwe television and everything that so yeah not a basketball fan not a really big sports fan doesn't know the the ins and outs of of what happened there so yeah that it makes total sense why he wouldn't have any fucking clue to do it it should it, it should have been on elias to continue to to go with it but i think also i mean what else do you do at that point anything you're going to say you're going it's going to be diminished returns because you they're not going to get that initial heat that initial heat reaction anymore and it's just going to, right. um right i think the best thing we can hope for is that they both show up in sales super jerseys <laughs> next week or uh, wherever they are uh, they are next um, I don't know enough about Australia to know what they can say down there to piss them off maybe they can reference uh, the dingo eat my baby thing which is still kind of a hot topic because because by the way that is something that really happened for those of you like who make jokes about that there was a legit person that lost their child <laughs> in the outback and got eaten by uh, by dingoes so
0: eh, fucking alligators eat kids right exactly
1: all the time. so but there but that's not. That's not a Here's running idea. joke. If you got kids, keep them away from fucking nature. That's not a assholes. running joke like it is with, uh, <laughs> with the Australians there. Um, but yeah, so... Um, but, you know, it's fine. Anyways, moving on. Let's go over to SmackDown. And uh, let's talk about the fact that Andrade Cien Almas, who's a superstar in the making... And Zelina Vega, who is legit smoke show and and a really good worker, lost to...
0: I'm going to take issue with the second part of that. Lost to a comedy act. Let's read how it's written, Troy, because the fabulous truth is in fact the pairing we never knew we needed or wanted. No, it's
1: it's written as fuck our truth.
0: No, no, that's not what it says at all. says it right there well
1: now it does look at your screen now it does i don't know i don't know what you mean by now it does it's number eight fuck i have an
0: edit history here troy i can pull it up and post it on twitter if you'd like sir
1: (laughs) i mean nobody goes to our twitter anyways so go ahead (laughs) uh so yeah so uh r-truth and carmella beat uh beat one of the the future stars in wwe because who gives a shit a about Tiny Little a mixed tag
0: match and Carmella beat Zelina Vega. Come on, dude. Like, we're, we're, it wasn't like our truth pinned CN. It wasn't like it was a title match. It was a fucking throwaway mixed tag for fun. It was essentially a mixed match challenge match on SmackDown. Probably put there so if for no other reason than to sort of preview mixed match challenge and maybe hype it a little bit and get people to watch it. Although they should probably p- stop putting up graphics with incorrect dates because on SmackDown they mm-hmm. put up one that said tomorrow. And it was actually right after SmackDown. Um, yeah. But yeah.
1: This has been this has been kind of the thing though is that they, they, they're trying really hard to sell the Mixed Match Challenge but people don't give a shit. So much so I haven't watched a single fucking episode of it. And last year I watched every episode of it. Um, but last year still left such a bad taste in my mouth. And then this year with the whole round robin thing I just didn't. I just don't care at this point. I think that they fucked up last year's too much for me for me to actually care about watching it at all. Uh, and the fact that we've been devoting time and actually cooling down the Miz and Dana Bryan feud just to set up a mixed match challenge match with them.
0: What Dana uh, Bryan uh, with,
1: with the Miz? Challenge? No, but but last week we set up the Miz and our truth by using by using this instead of focusing on Dana Bryan and the Miz. So. We, ha- we have used their feud to try to bring people into Mixed Match Challenge. Oh,
0: the so. point here is that, f- first off, the the transition they did into Carmella's Code of Silence for the finish was outstanding. Both her and Zelina did a great job in this match. Um, one of the, Carmella's really found a better personality as a face which is sort of surprising they did a really good job turning her in a very short time and getting the fans to legit get behind her truth is more relevant than he's been in a very very long i would time. like
1: to legit get behind I her. know
0: you would uh, truth is more <laughs> relevant than he's been in a very long time we shit all over their writing staff when they don't utilize their talents and get the most out of them i'd argue this is a group a pairing that they're getting way more out of than we had any any right to expect nothing oh
1: oh you're done okay um, what is what is her actual mute move name because it's not the, co- the code silence is it the code, code of, of silence what the fuck does that mean I
0: don't know. <laughs> that's what it's called
1: maybe because she's choked maybe because
0: it called- it's like a choke around the neck I don't know
1: it doesn't make any sense plus they, Why is they were all
0: uh, you know goomba italian gangster types when they came up in NXT so I might have something with that is, is, this, is this Troy Google shit, episode 17?
1: Uh, yeah, actually. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm Googling why is it called Code Call of Silence when I'm not finding anything. Okay.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Now there's just a bunch of GIFs of Carmela dancing and it's making my dick hard, so...
0: Yet another reason that this awesome, this perfect, what is it, fabulous, true thing is great, because... We're getting to see her dance on a regular basis as well.
1: It's true. It's all she's pretty much good for. Former WWE Women's Champion, by Smackdown. the way. SmackDown. That's true. Uh, nobody really cares about that. Um, so, we it, had... <laughs> inventing SmackDown week after week. It's weird, isn't it? Uh, well, actually, people care right now because it's Becky Lynch. It's the only reason why people actually care about the, the, the SmackDown Women's Division is because Becky Lynch is doing something. Because when Charlotte is champion... At this point, people are just like, whatever.
0: It's, it's Roman she's, Reigns. She,
1: yeah, she's gotten, she has gotten to that point And that's, that sucks, man. Because she is, she's very fucking talented. She's got, she's got lovely new breasts. And, yeah, people just don't seem to care. And she, sadly, turned right into what her dad became for a while there, too. Where people just didn't seem to care after a while. They're like, oh, he won, he won his 12th championship? Fucking yawn you know <laughs> i don't know that and, that was
0: ever the case with rick but i will like,
1: there were there were moments there were some times here and there that people didn't really give a shit about him he would he managed to kind of swing it back around it was more storyline based but you can watch some of the old wcw things and stuff of like that and there are times that people are just you can tell the fans are just like whatever it's rick flair you know but then there are other times where people are like let's fuck Ric rick flair yeah But yeah, it's, more, it's obviously more apt to say that she, she has become the Roman Reigns of the women's division. Um, and she's another person that probably needs to be away from the title for a while. We thought we were getting that when she came back from her boobie well, injury, but then she was immediately thrust into the main event program well,
0: again. And whenever this shit happens, it's always from WWE completely misreading what their fans want to see. For right. Roman Reigns it comes back to that Royal Rumble where he won and Daniel Bryan didn't because the fans wanted Mm. Daniel fucking Bryan to win that Royal Rumble. They didn't get it, and that was the flashpoint. After that, Roman Reigns was... It was just fun to boo Roman Reigns at that point. Same thing with Charlotte at SummerSlam. People fucking wanted Becky to have that title. They completely misread what the crowd wanted and how they they should react to it. And as a result, their fucking storyline got fucked up because now Becky's the most over-fucking person on SmackDown and nobody wants to see Charlotte but yet they're booking Charlotte as the face in this program.
1: Yeah. Well, it was like um, it was like that moment when X-Pac heat became a thing where no matter what they tried to do with the guy they, they, they were never able to have anything happen but him be booed. And there were times that X-Pac was doing interesting things but at that point people would just like fuck this oh, he guy. Was o-
0: he was like, over with X-Factor.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyways, so um, one of the things that kind of cropped up last week was Shelton Benjamin bringing up the fact that he hadn't had a match on SmackDown for about a month, and um, tweeting, page and everything like that. Yeah. They turned around and actually put him in a match on SmackDown, and he was against Daniel Bryan. Um, whenever you hear something like Daniel Bryan's going to face Shelton Benjamin, you're thinking... That is a match I'm gonna to have to watch. Because those are good those are talented guys. And the match was phenomenal. It was, it was a it was a great match and although, yet again showed although, that they're not. I, I go really ahead.
0: wish Daniel Bryan would stop trying to do top rope headbutts. Um, particularly in this case where he accidentally made contact with Shelton's head. Like, dude, yeah. you're one concussion away from forced retirement. Like
1: you're a little smart. Yeah, so I was I was gonna to get to that, but yeah. Um so so yeah, so Shelton Continues to be underutilized on SmackDown, which sucks because they, they brought this guy in to kind of be, um, you know, to to be sort of a, yeah, he's supposed to be there to put guys over, um, but also be able to be used in different stories and stuff like that. And they haven't even really used him to put guys over either. So, um, but yeah, there was obviously good the, of a the big spot of we have
0: with Nakamura, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a ton of guys that he could have really good programs with. If they brought back the gold standard, you know, and, and and fully turned him more of a heel than he already is, kind of thing, um, they dropped the ball with him and Chad Gable. What if they bring back his mama? Nope, nope, that that would not work. That's that's what was the beginning of the end for him, and why he's no he wasn't in WWE for a long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were all really excited for Shelton, and then they didn't do anything with him, so. Um but yeah, so this this year showed up. But yeah, the, the big takeaway from this match, of course, was Daniel Bryan continues to do uh the Crispin Was special. And uh this time Shelton was supposed to roll away. You could see Shelton doesn't just do a clean roll, he does like a half roll that he kinda pivots. So his head I think Daniel went out further than he intended. It was I would say this this was a legit 50-50 mistake. Um it and this is the things that happened, but don't do a diving headbutt, and you won't have to worry about slamming your fucking forehead into the back of a black man's skull.
0: <laughs> do, do you think Daniel will get cyberbullied for his mess-up? Uh,
1: no. Um, also, uh, for all the all the, the different... I know nobody's listening, but... For all the different, uh, like, bleacher reports and stuff like that, putting out articles on Daniel Bryan defends Brie Bella, of course he's gonna defend it, it's his fucking wife, you morons. That's not newsworthy, Okay? like
0: well no it is newsworthy i mean she her incident was one of the biggest stories in the wrestling world for. but
1: a doing a separate article on him on him tweeting out that he defends his wife is not, is yeah, not news
0: one, one of the top stars in the company weighed in on something that he's personally connected to no, yeah absolutely. i don't know
1: it's to me it's just kind of like it's, it's what's the, what's the point of course he's gonna do that if he didn't that'd be newsworthy if, he, if he'd went sure. if he went on there and be like yeah my wife kind of sucks I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's, that's an article I would click on. I'm not going to click on it where Daniel Bryan weighs in on Brie Bella. Well, yeah, I know what he's going to say. <laughs> Your little clickbait article isn't going to work because I know what he's going to say. Anyways. So, yeah. So, we've talked about it before on here that he shouldn't be doing the diving headbutt anymore. The diving headbutt should not be a move that is used in wrestling anymore, if we're honest. With the, the number of concussions and things like that that happen, it's too dangerous of a move. You know, we don't do pile drivers anymore because it's a dangerous fucking move to do because you have people who don't know how to do it sometimes. Um, And things can happen. You can slip and and everything like that. Obviously, accidents can happen at any point in time in the WWE, but it's all about limiting the, the, the ones that are preventable. And Daniel Bryan jumping and diving his fucking forehead into another guy is a preventable accident. So, but, yeah, I mean, it... Thankfully, it seems like both guys are okay. Um, it, was just, it seemed like it was just kind of a knock and knock, not to, not anything too severe. It wasn't kicking somebody in the face twice. Um, so at least there was that. Uh, and the last thing from SmackDown, which was kind of a surprise. Uh, you know, I talked about it last week on, on me hoping that Ty Dillinger was going to get more of, of an opportunity, but we got Ty Dillinger versus Randy Orton this week. Um, it seemed like they well, kind of. we, got, we got Ty Dillinger and Randy Orton in a feud, let's put it that way, um, which, is, which is what it looked like we were going to have.
0: So to, before we do this, so to clarify something from last week, um, WB.com apparently listed the match result last week as a no mm-hmm. contest. They've amended that this week to say that Dillinger did win by DQ, therefore he did earn himself a U.S. title. Yeah,
1: which if you watch that match, that's not a no contest, that's a DQ. Because the no contest, both of your competitors are down, a la Brock destroying the two Universal Championship guys. This was Ty Dillinger got his ass fucking whooped, and Shinsuke was like, (laughs) blee! So, yeah. So, yeah, Ty Dillinger and Randy Orton kind of had a match, um, but it essentially ended once Randy Orton pulled off the the protective um, sleeve off the back of the turnbuckle, took Ty Dillinger's finger... Ins- I
0: don't know what your plan yeah. is.
1: Inserted it directly into his own anus, um, then took it out and put it into the the little space that they use for the wrenches when they tighten up the ring post uh, and proceeded to yank Ty Dillinger's finger back. Um,
0: How's he going to count to
1: ten? Which, of course, the audience... Instantly ruined by throwing out the funniest fucking shit that you can. <laughs> when you have not s- even the audience, just one guy. Yeah, like- there was there was definitely it was definitely one guy that was near enough to a, a ring mic like that they kept picking him up, and he kept saying shit that <laughs> <laughs> he clearly would be like fit right at home here at, on the rundown because his his stuff was a he needs that to count to ten, and it yeah <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> Definitely just kind of ruinable... As good as that
0: was like, I don't know what you're yeah. planning, was probably my favorite.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so Orton continuing to do this kind of, like, sadistic stuff. Uh, obviously, Ty Dillinger doesn't have any, uh, you know, gauges in his ear for him to stick his finger into. Oh, everything with fingers with Orton. You know. I know he's dick fingers and everything of like that, but come on, man. So yeah, so um i guess we're going to see ty dillinger in an actual feud which i I appreciate and randy orton is definitely a guy that that'll elevate a star you know
0: yeah yep yeah no there's definitely uh definitely reason for optimism here if you're a fan of ty dillinger as we on this show are um not only from just the fact that he was put in the ring with with orton because i think putting in a program with orton shows a certain uh credibility and believability now the end of this if you really want to do something the end of this should be dillinger winning this feud because that should be the randy orton's role right now is to put over younger talent i'm fine with him going over hardy hardy doesn't need the rub dillinger needs the rub dillinger needs to win this feud right uh if we're going to do anything with him if it's going to if this feud is going to have any long-term meaning dillinger has to win right
1: Um, i i also i also enjoyed dillinger showing a little bit of his of his anger streak too when he had orton up on the table and he was yelling does that piss you off and showing his little 10 fingers in front of his face over that so um good on both these guys for you know being able to show show some of their shit um good on dillinger for for seizing this opportunity and i hope that he continues to get these opportunities
0: yeah so far making the most of it i also liked his, his promo backstage with paige uh where she's like but you've got you've got a title match said, no i want orton mm-hmm. like just yeah character before since it's been,
1: since got called right up. and this one actually made sense it actually made sense for dillinger to turn down the u.s title opportunity to go after orton whereas other right. whereas like dean ambrose turning down opportunity to face one of the shield guys for a title doesn't make as much sense But or we've seen it in the past too, where guys are just like, "Wow, I lost the title, but fuck that, I got this guy going on right." No, no, this made total sense because yeah, Dillinger was trying to do it on his own, got fucked over last week when it looked like he was in position to win and earn himself, you know, an opportunity there. And so, uh, but he, the story they need to tell here is obviously he's not done with Shinsuke yet, but he needs to take care of Orton first. So, um, all right, moving right along to a bit of news. Um. First, um, for ROH fans out there, Punishment Martinez uh, has announced that he is joining WWE. Uh, of course, Punishment Martinez uh, is the former tag team cha- or tag team partner um, of the. Uh, I just completely fucking blanked on his name. Who was Martinez partnered? What's that? Uh, who was is, who is Martinez partnered with on on the Indies that WWE just signed? I'm totally blanking on the fucking name.
0: Punishment Martinez.
1: Um, Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. Yep. Yeah. So Riddle obviously can't. You know, he's he's there um, in WWE now, and not Punishment Martinez is. So either so if they want to, they can go to that well. Um, otherwise, uh, Punishment Martinez is sort of another generic big guy, and we've seen that those guys don't always do very well um see Constable Corbin in his current role see Big Cass in his role in the unemployment line
0: <laughs> Corbin to me is the, the sort of the, the parallel now Martinez is a better wrestler in the ring mm-hmm. but he's not good as a promo no. I mean he's, he's okay he's not great he's not like this big guy who's in tremendous physical condition that you like He's your ring of honor big man, and I use quotes around this, where he's bigger than everyone else on the roster, so he's booked like a monster, but you put him in WWE, he's not going to look like a monster. Same <clears game> thing <throat> with Corbin. Yeah. Uh, Corbin could pull off the big monster gimmick down in NXT. Once he got to the main roster, that shit didn't fly anymore, and he was no longer special. Right. Um, and, and I sort of worry a little bit that Martinez is going to run into the same problem, um, but i i mean i see two comps to punishment martinez on the main roster corbin is one of them and victor from the ascension is the other yeah so if that tells you anything about his career path on the main roster uh good
1: luck to punishment Martinez. right um you look at uh, at a guy like corbin he they had to find this role for him in order for him to be relevant because the other things he was he was doing were not working uh, where he had to kind of play this specific character. If you tried to have Corbin play any different character than this, it's not gonna work. He, he, he has to be this character. And they put him into the kind of the corporate cane role because nobody really wants to watch him wrestle. So right. <laughs> um, where yeah, then you've got it where Big Cass was a guy that he could he could give a promo and he could give a decent promo at, at certain times. But once that bell rang, you were like, oh, okay, all right, like, yeah, I get it, all right, you know, he wasn't that good. Um, there, are, there are a few big guys that I look at that actually are incredibly good wrestlers that also can be really good. I look at a guy like Harper, criminally underutilized, but a guy who's really good in the ring and a really good promo. They just never let him fucking talk, <laughs> you know? um that should be kind of what uh what you know martinez should be looking at as as potentially future um but yeah like like you said it's it's one of those kinds of situations where it's like i don't know i mean cash is like your roh big guy too and look at him he can't he can't fucking do anything he can't seem to figure out any any way to progress in the wb so Right. Uh, but the other side of the news was that there, was, well, while while WWE was bringing in Punishment Martinez, there was another gentleman that decided to not join WWE, and that was Adam Hangman Page. Uh, of course, Page is a Bullet Club member, uh, or was, and uh, um, currently kind of in in a long standing feud with uh, with Joey Ryan, which is of course where he got the Hangman nickname from. Um, we know that uh, there's been a lot of talk of the Bullet Club core members trying to stay together and most likely all heading to WWE next year, but as a unit, or if they're not going to be, they're going to stay where they are as a unit. Um, I don't think that Hangman Page is really a part of that core group, but, um, you know.
0: Oh, he is. He absolutely is. Yeah,
1: but I don't know if he's part of that like group that, is like we're going to go together or not going to go at all so that would explain why he would turn down the, an offer right now
0: the core group essentially just for those if Troy and anybody else who's not familiar is Kenny, Cody, The Bucks Hangman, and Skirl. now there are people on the fringe of the Bullet Club as well but those are the main that, that's the main group that's, that's sort of and they stay together okay uh, and if you watch this week's episode of Being the Elite, there's actually a, a sort of a nod to this, um, where Hangman, who we've gone over the storyline, but he doesn't—he walks around barefoot, uh, gets a, a shipment, a delivery, and it's a new pair of boots, and it, there's a little note inside that says, "If you want to be a be an assassin, be more cerebral—dash H." Yeah. So, clearly throwing in a reference to, to Hunter in there. Right.
1: Um, so yeah. So. Obviously, this is one of those cases where, you know, we've heard it before that the Young Bucks have turned on offers from WB and things like that. Um, obviously, they you know, most likely done with a, a lot of respect because he's most likely going to wind up in WB eventually. Because most people do tend to wind up in WB eventually. Um, but yeah, so if if they manage to get the core group of, of Bullet Club, um, Page will be one of those guys. You know, uh, they're all, they all have contracts ending at the same time next year. Um, so that's that's kind of why they're looking at it as we can we can come together as a group and that's that's perfect because it kind of gives you a built-in sort of the Bullet Club is invading. Obviously, it wouldn't be the Bullet Club because th- they don't own it or anything like that. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I didn't think that we'd ever see AJ Styles that name or Samoa Joe in WWE, but yet there they are. So um, I, I think it's just Samoa now. That's right. Well, it was Joey Samoa for a while.
0: And he, he committed the most dastardly act in WWE history by going to AJ Styles' house. You know, this is the same company where people have legit been murdered in storyline, and had their testicles electrocuted, and set on fire, and thrown off a of Titantron. But Samoa Joe made an unannounced trip to AJ Styles' house, mm-hmm. and that was a fireable offense and the most dastardly thing right. in WWE history. Right. So.
1: Burn down a house with with a body in it, get a title match. It was a shed burned out well commit arson get a title shot show up to a guy's house and not actually do anything almost get fired so because of course we had to say like joe didn't do anything he didn't rape anybody like the family was fine he was just fucking with them yeah
0: i'm just glad that we didn't get well wendy styles was actually okay because she had use of the ring doorbell where she could see it was samoa <laughs> joe if you'd like to get your own ring doorbell video doorbell uh you could purchase that like that was a fucking i, I sort of half expected mm. the uh product placement there right
1: missed opportunities man
0: I'll yeah exactly that's an endorsement deal waiting to happen right now yeah.
1: all right so moving right along to our main events. Um, so this one here uh, was a question that I posed because if I were to ask you currently, um, what what storylines are focused around WWE titles?
0: Becky and Charlotte.
1: Yep, that's it. That's pretty much mo- AJ and Joe. AJ and Joe, Becky and Becky and Charlotte. Other than that.
0: Uh, Cedric and Buddy Murphy.
1: That's the Cruiserweight. Nobody cares about the Cruiserweights. (laughs) They don't count.
0: Uh, uh,
1: Everything in NXT. Not talking about NXT. We're talking about WWE. That's why it says, why don't WWE titles seem to matter anymore? Because the Universal Championship, the IC Championship, and the Tag Team Championships are all in the Shield field right now, which is a feud about the Shield members and the Dogs of War, and not actually mattering about any of the titles that are actually in 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 that feud in itself um obviously the the raw tag team championships haven't mattered for a while because we can't seem to put it on actual tag teams we just keep throwing it on different people that are you know are just kind of throwing together teams you look at it as pretty much every title on raw not really being defended not really mattering the storylines are about other different things over on smackdown yes the the world championship and the women's championship are but the smackdown championships don't really seem to fucking matter the new day never really seem to care when they have the titles uh, then of course everybody that shinsuke tries to face gets into a randy orton feud and he hasn't had a feud for the championship in in like two months so what what happens okay. like
0: i will grant you the u.s title yeah. okay the Smackdown tag titles had a whole big segment this week where the bar attacks them they, they seem to be putting more focus on those the Universal title fuck, Roman wanted to defend it this week and Corbin wouldn't let him and it's been a focal point of the story between Roman and Braun Strowman um, so I would, I would disagree on that front um, the Intercontinental title Seth did an open challenge they had the whole program with him and Ziggler for the Intercontinental title I would say that's thing so apparently it, it, it is a factor
1: it just it, they just don't seem to be like the focal point where feuds are built around you have something i want you know like i said with with right now with the shield versus the dogs of war it's really about them just being pissed at each other and then wanting to kick the shit out of each other it's not really about the championships that each guy's guy holds um and like i said i mean with the U.S. Championship, Shinsuke doesn't seem to want, and nobody seems to want the fucking title at this point. <laughs> um, and obviously we've talked in length about the tag team titles sometimes mattering one week and then the next week not being fucking shown on TV, like when the Usos didn't show up for a week or two with, a, with the, the titles. Um, and then obviously with them just kind of throwing at the teams like the B-Team, the Dogs of War, you know, guys like that that aren't tag team wrestlers and that where you've got legit tag teams like the club like the revival and you're just not doing anything with those guys so um i don't know to to me it just seems like they're they're marginalized to an extent whereas before it was like a big accomplishment to win the championship
0: i don't know yeah, I, I, yeah, it's hard to tell. I mean, it, it ebbs and flows. There are, there are weeks and programs where the titles are made to feel like an important focal point, and then there are weeks where it definitely, like I said, it seems like they don't give a shit. So it's hard to know what you're going to get from any given week.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, we do know what we're going to be getting this week because the WWE is is hopping a flight and going down under my nutsack because they're heading to Australia for the Super Show Down Under. I know it's just Super Showdown, but I'm going to call it Super Show Down Under all the time. Uh, it is a variable who's who of who gives a shit matches because nothing's going to happen. This is a house show. But we, uh, we need to do predictions because it is going to be an actual network special. Um, So we're going to start off with Triple H with HB Shizzle taking on The Undertaker with Kane. Jeffrey has said he believes that The Undertaker will win against Triple H. Yes, this is 2018. This is not 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with Taker too, I think, uh, as a way of building towards the inevitable tag team match for Saudi Arabia. Uh, There's no impetus for HBK to come back unless Undertaker wins this match, so.
1: I feel you. Uh, I will also be going with The Undertaker because it's... They gotta pop the crowd, so. Um, (laughs) This is gonna be really fucking fast because it's this show. Uh, Bobby Lashley and John Cena uh, take on Elias and Kevin Owens. Um
0: yeah it's it's lashley and Cena. yeah because it's lashley and Cena. right
1: um if, if in case you forgot um john cena does still exist uh you wouldn't know it by this feud because he never fucking showed up for any of it but hey <laughs> um leo rush is probably going to be there so he's going to look even smaller next to john cena and bobby lashley so there's that and of course fuck kevin owens apparently um, the only thing that really seems to have any kind of stipulation that's going, that actually is going to have uh, uh, something happen with it, is Daniel Bryan versus The Miz for the number one contender for the WWE Championship. Uh, Jeff has chosen The Miz to be your new number one contender.
0: Um, I'm going to go Daniel Bryan only because I feel like they're Bryan's sort of lost every point of this feud, so. It seems to me that this is the spot where he sort of gets gets his one-ups here.
1: Fair enough. I am actually going to say... Um, I'm going to go with Jeffy on this one and say The Miz because in my mind, I picture this as the the long, long feud, the long con, if you will, to have The Miz and Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. So... To do that, you have to have Miz be the champion. So I think that, that Miz will actually be the one to eventually dethrone AJ Styles to set up then the Miz vs Dana Bryan for the championship itself. Entirely possible. Yeah. Uh, the Shield take on um, Braun and the Juice Crew, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Jeff has gone with, um, oops. Jeff has gone with Braun, Dolph, and Drew. Uh, I am going with the Shield because it's the shield (laughs) Jason who are you going with who
0: gives a shit yep
1: Uh, Uh, alright I'm going to put that down
0: shield shield, I guess oh okay
1: I was going to put who gives a shit but sure (sighs) fuck um (laughs) just going to go ahead and do this right now the Bellatwats are taking on the surviving members of the riot family in another who gives a shit match isn't um, is Rhonda part of this as well? Yeah, Bella's and Rhonda. Okay, she's not listed on there. <laughs> there you go, Rhonda and the Bellas, which sounds like a 1970s band, but it's not.
0: <laughs> um, all right, so I'm gonna be the lone voice of dissent here, apparently, because I think the Ride is gonna win this one. You
1: dumb bastard! Uh,
0: I think the Riot Squad <laughs> wins here. I think there's this is this is the flashpoint for the friction between Rhonda and Nikki is that they lose this match. It's Ronda's first loss. They go sort of shake hands at the end. We go to Raw the next uh, Monday night, and that's where Nikki sort of turns on her. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Riot Squad to win.
1: Fair enough. Uh, We've got uh, the WWE Championship on the line as AJ Styles takes on Joey Samoe. Uh, Jeff has chosen Joe to be the new champion. I have chosen AJ Styles because not a single championship is going to change hands, mark my words. You can take that to uh, the bank.
0: No, that's that's not true. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go with Samoa Joe as well. I think this is a spot, and I think Daniel Bryan wins, and we go to Bryan and Joe for a while. Okay.
1: I mean, the, either either one is an option here. I just don't think that anything's going to happen because who gives a shit? Uh, the Cruiserweight Championship, for whatever reason, is on the line as Cedric Alexander defends against Buddy Murphy for the 13th time. Uh, I'm going with Cedric and his gigantic dong to retain uh Jace, or jeff is going with buddy murphy jason which one are you going with
0: i'm going with buddy murphy if if no titles change hands on this show i think that you're going to go with the hometown pop of buddy murphy winning the title there uh cedric's held the belt since wrestlemania it's sort of stagnated a little bit at this point there's not a ton of other people for him to work with he's sort of beaten the the best heels on the show already so uh, you, you put this belt on Murphy and you can go back there's a bunch of programs. You can do uh, rematches with Cedric with Murphy, you can do Murphy and you can go back to uh, Mustafa Ali. So there's all sorts of stuff you can do by putting this belt on Murphy and this seems like the perfect spot to do
1: it. All right. The SmackDown take team championships online is the new day. Defend against the
0: New Day. The Bar. Oh, yeah, no, doesn't matter. New Day yep. wins.
1: Everybody knows the New Day is going to walk out with the championships because nobody cares about the tag team championships apparently. Um, Oscar and Naomi, because they were the whoever we had left, are taking on the Iconics. Um, Jeff has chosen Oscar and Naomi. Uh, I am going to go with because they are in Australia. Oscar and Naomi are going to win. Uh, Jason, <laughs> Jason, who are you That's going with? That's the same reason I'm picking Oscar and Naomi. Yeah. Because if you're going to have Buddy Murphy win like you think is going to happen, which I don't think is going to happen, you're definitely not going to have two different people, both of oh, which no, heals. Fuck
0: that. Oh. As
1: <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, and the SmackDown Women's Championship is on the line as Becky Lynch defends against Charlotte Flair. Jeff has gone with Becky. I'm going with Becky. Jason, you're going with? Becky. Becky. Alright. So that is the predictions for this house show. Uh Thankfully, this is not going to be a recurring segment of house show predictions, although we might have a special coming up here when they do that house show over in Saudi Arabia. Right. So, with that, let's take a look at what's going around the independent circuit.
0: Well, we can start with a uh, place where I will be uh, as Atlantic Pro Wrestling returns to the Newburyport Elks Lodge on Saturday, October 20th, for the Gilbonk Memorial Wrestle Royal for the first time ever. The Gilbonk will feature 30 participants with the winner capturing the cash and carry contract, giving them the right to challenge for the APW Heavyweight Championship at any time they choose. Be there to witness Atlantic Pro Wrestling history. The field already starting to fill out with the Bitter King, Buddy Romano, Stiff Mike, MagDog, Magarici, Champagne Joe Moakley, Big Gun Jim Sargent, Hunter Ward, Jake Sargent, Mass appeal, Travis Gillette, the Canadian legend, Matt Loudon, and many more to be announced in the coming weeks. Uh, reserved front row, $15, advanced general admission, $10, 12 at the door. Doors open at 6 p.m., bell time is 6:30. and just announced this week, number one contender match as Vanity Vixen will take on the Widow Belmont winner getting a shot at Adira's APW Women's Championship. And the tag team title's on the line as the Anti-Americans, the Canadian legend Matt Lown and Sheikh Abdullah Hassan defend their titles against
1: the team of Nightbreed. ICW returns October 21st to the La Pica Lounge for ICW. They live for gold. Doors open at 4 p.m. There will be an insane eight finals rematch for the ICW alternative title with a stipulation to be named later. Since it's ICW, I'm sure it's loser loses a dick. Uh, the ICW alternative title will be on the line in a uh, in the main events. Well, that's that says a stipulation on it, so I don't know if that's supposed to do that. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Dark Prophet Oren Veet defends the title against the husky Heartthrob Cody Rice. The ICW World title will be on the line as brand new champion Zombie Princess Jimmy Jacobs takes on former champion GQ Giannos and Joey Jet Avalon. The ICW Midwest title will be on the line as Midwest Slayers Tisha Shadows takes on Marman Mario Ar- Mario Crevello. He lost a name there, apparently. Uh, ICW Tag Team Titles will be on line on Anything Goes No Rules Match as the Foley Brothers take on Bear Kingdom. The Tag Team Championship Number One Contenders Match will take place between the Caribbean Connection, Blackwell and McGuire, Shoots and Wanderers, and Doc Simmons and a partner to be named later. Also on the on the card, we I'm could, guessing it's Jack Swagger. There you go. Uh, I think he goes by Jake Hager now. Uh, Rico De La Vega vs. Psycho Chase McCoy, Fabled One Aesop Mitchell vs. Jacob Hoffman, and Killer Kaz Carter vs. Simon Says.
0: Ooh, what if it's Johnny Analog?
1: Could be. Mm. We'll see. And the stars of the Bruce City Wrestling return Saturday, October 27, to the Elks Lodge in Waukesha, Wisconsin, for the annual Halloween Spooktacular with Nightmare on Springdale Road. Bell time is set for 7.30 p.m., doors open at 6.45, and tickets are $20 reserved ringside in advance, $16, which can be purchased on BruceCityWrestling1.com, or $18 at the door And children 10 and under, $10. There will be a contests, costume contest for adults and kids, then stay for the after-party and the BCW Stars. Um, announced so far, the Bruce City Wrestling Tag Team Championship match between the Men and Hardcore Impact <clears throat> as well as a match between Evil Sierra and Blue Phoenix Vanessa Azor. More info will be coming soon. Go to com. onecom uh, Like him on Twitter at BCW1. Follow him on Facebook, Bruce City Wrestling one or Instagram, Bruce City Wrestling. And that does it for the rundown for this Thursday, October 4th. It has been three days since Brie Bella or Daniel Bryan tried to kill anybody. <sighs> uh... Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Podcast. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rundown Wrestling. Email the show, wrestling at gmail.com, like Jeff did. Leave us a voicemail at 617-863-6967. That's 61-Rundown-7. We are also on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash wrestling to become a patron and get... Um, early access to some of our shows whenever they actually are made uh, as well as uh, some other patron-only episodes, which I know I did not give you a patron-only episode this week. I am sorry. I am lazy. Listen to our friends, The Kingpin Brian Malonis and Mike Rocket on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing with new podcasts every Monday. Go to Facebook.com slash or TheWPAN.com Check out our friend Justin Michaels on a show Yes On Waltz on Tuff TV. Go to TupTV.com to stream it live. Stay tuned to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast to hear our other shows: the NXT You Visited, the Rundown Sit Down, the Nitro Podcast, Glostick, or for our Spanish-speaking friends, check out WrestleMania Salvation. Follow our, our hosts at Jay Stewart 0920. You got it now at Rockstar Choi, at the Missing Salzer Effect at Nitro Pod at Viva la WrestleMania Spanish fashion at Johnny Analog at Joker's Wild seven twenty or at Todd Lemon Party Sopel. Why? <laughs> I because it's just it's just the gimmick now i i know jeff's not here to, to to give but yeah uh thanks to all of you for listening thanks to jason that's true thanks again for the theme song and next week bring you we bring you reactions from down under my balls so i guess that means we'll uh see you next thursday Bye bye. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created by Adam Salzer after being in a match with Brie Bella where she kicked him in the face a couple of times. Later, once he came to his senses, he realized he no longer could do it because his bedtime is 8 o'clock at night. So, he passed management on to Jason Stewart and Troy Bozen. And this episode was produced and edited by Jason. And the episode was hosted by me, Troy Bozen, and Jason Stewart. And sadly, no, not to Jeff, of this son we remember the questionable ever network which is somehow still a thing i would have assumed by now that andy would have canceled us but we are still here so check out us and all the other shows on questnetwork.com before the creators quit and tune in next week for another episode of the rundown wrestling podcast